You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Life is seasonal and things will change at some point and just embrace it. Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here, we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. To say today's guest has performing in her DNA would be an understatement. Please welcome Jenny Harney Fleming, who plays the role of Angelica Schuyler right here and Broadway's Hamilton. Good. Welcome. Yay. Thank you, Janine. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes, yes. Now, in the opening, I reference your DNA uh, because yes. your father is Ben Harney, who is the Tony Correct. Award lead actor in a musical for his role as Curtis Taylor in Dream mm-hmm. Girls. <laughs> yep. So... What was that like growing up, um, having him as your father and knowing Mm. that you wanted to be a performer? It was it was a very layered experience. Um, I think when I was born, my father had left the industry already. Um, I'm the youngest of four. Um, And so he left to pursue ministry. He started off doing like kids videos and things of that nature, but it was a it was an interesting experience because the arts were already always around but never like pushed on us. You know what I mean? We grew mm-hmm. up in a very naturally artistic environment at home. There were always like when I was 4, my favorite album to listen to was Gypsy Rose Leave. <laughs> Like, that's not that's a normal, not you know, but it wasn't like, hey, listen to this. Like, isn't this great? I just gravitated towards, you know, that kind of music. Um, and that's kind of just how it was growing up. It was just the nature of our environment at home. And then, of course, you would meet people and people would meet you. And you could tell there was like an expectation. But that energy never really came from our parents. They kind of allowed us to explore and provide opportunities for us to pursue arts if we wanted to, you know, but there was never 
an expectation or a pressure to do this as our career. I just kind of fell into it, really. I mean, I'd been performing my whole life. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not trying to get <laughs> confusing. But, you know, I was, I was in ballet class at four, and I joined the choir at church as a kid. And, you know, you, you do the things that really are pretty normal for kids, period. It's not necessarily specific to being the daughter of a performer, Mm -hmm. but he would be, you know, I would be singing in the choir at church, but he'd be over the drama department. You know what I'm saying? So it was was, was both sides. You know what I mean? He was never too far away. The reality or the world of that thing was never too distant. It took me a long time to release myself from a certain level of expectation, Mm. knowing that like, okay, if I choose this as a career, that means I'm always going to be compared or people are always going to look at me with a certain level of expectation before I hit the stage, before I open my mouth, before I read the script, before I do anything. Do I really want to be under that level of scrutiny? But also it's double, it's a double uh, sided situation because then there's, already like provision for you in the same respect so you kind of got to take the bitter with the sweet but my my I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything in the world growing up um, under my parents tutelage and, and guidance because even even yes the performance aspect of it but they taught me to be a good person mm, yes and the importance of humanity and how much when you choose the arts, it's not about self-glorification as much as it is about telling the story of the human experience and connecting with people from all different backgrounds. You know what I mean? Um, to, in church terms, minister mm-hmm, or to mm-hmm. just impact or connect with people that you normally probably would never speak two words to on the street. You yeah. know, so it was that. It was that that left the most indelible mark on me and all that other stuff. Yeah, it comes with it, too. But those were the those were the most important values I learned. That's great, because so often we we've talked to so many guests and it was that they knew, but they didn't necessarily have that supportive. You know, it was like, oh, no, I don't know. You know, this is hard. Mm -hmm. And. Was there any advice I mean, given to you by either your mom or your dad? Because, you know, your mother is a part of this, too, of this equation. Right. Was there any advice uh, that they gave you once you made that decision that, you know, you wanted to get into um, performing at a, as a career? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think there was ever it was always counseling by situation. OK. You know what I mean? There mm-hmm. was never overall overarching other than like that ministerial mindset that kind of gets ingrained from church and, you know, church productions. Mm-hmm. We did a yeah, production yeah, of the yeah. wisdom and all those wonderful things that we get from those ex- experiences that are poured into all parties involved. Um, I think it was more counseling and helping me learn how to view myself in the industry, you know, learning, you know, like when you first get an agent and you're so eager to please the agent, learning that the agent works for you, learning like those kinds of mindset shifts um, that usually take a longer time when you don't have a certain kind of guidance in the industry. So let's talk about your road to Angelica Schuyler. Sure. How did you, how did you get there? 
And what did, what did you do to prepare yourself for that role? Although I know that's not your first Broadway role because you were Natty. That's correct. In what, 2016? Mm-hmm. That's my yeah. Broadway debut. Yes, yes, yes. It's been an interesting road. I, I My first production contract was with Motown as a swing. It was a Motown oh. um, uh, first national tour. I met many of my closest industry friends and keep running back into these people everywhere I go. But I was a swing. I think I covered six parts uh, in the first national tour. Everybody except for Diana Ross. I think my hips were a little too wide. (laughs) But uh, that was a fun experience. I did that for... And then I immediately left... Um, and came back to New York to do a um, off-Broadway um, production of a musical called Pearl, based off of the life of Pearl Bailey, which is where yes. I left, met my husband. And it was a very brief run in, like, I don't know, one of those festivals, one of those, like, mint, Midtown mm-hmm. International Theater Festivals, and one of those um, wonderful um, opportunities. Uh, I actually knew the know the writer and my father directed it and we had been doing iterations of this production since 2012 um and so this 2015 i came back um and did that production and then i kind of do a season of drought with which everybody goes through you know um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was i kind of felt it hit me out of left field in a way where i didn't feel like i was getting room mm-hmm, you know what I mean mm-hmm. I felt like I was having a hard time just getting called in or for things like uh, I think I got called in for like shuffle along and maybe one other thing at the time but even color purple I would try to get an audition for and they would tell me I wasn't right for it and I was like mm, okay yeah you're right yeah 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 we'll circle back you know uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And so for a good year, I was back to temping, doing temp work. I did wedding bands. I did, you know, the juggle struggle, you know, makeup gigs and things like that. And I think I was working with my dad at uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music in the summer of 2016. And at this time, when they started calling me in, I, I was close. I am close friends with um, Jason Michael Webb, who was the MD. And I think he pushed for me to come in there. And so I got seen and I went through the different rounds. And now in the back of my mind, I'm like, y'all don't want me. You're just bringing me in here to compare other people and blah, 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 blah. But y'all don't, yeah, this is not real. And um, after multiple rounds and getting to the final callbacks and working with John Doyle, um, I had my final callback with one other young lady who I, uh, door she's like such an amazing person um and it was between her and i and we got together and we prayed outside of the audition room and put mm-hmm. put it to bed and said whoever is for us is is for them and something else is for the other person and i walked in the room and i auditioned and i booked it awesome that was a life-changing moment because i felt like up until that point everything was getting blocked Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I guess, why, yes, yes. Why can't I get in the room? Why don't these people? Uh-huh. What, what's happening? Who is it? Where are you? You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you finally 
learn, oh, these things were being blocked because this was what I was supposed to go to next. And just learning how to go with that flow. And I felt like it was a very similar experience this time around with the Angelica situation, because after that, I went, I did the show, the show closed, same week of closing. Actually, today, I want to say it closed on January 9th, Color Purple closed on January 9th, either today or it was either the day before or the day after my birthday. I had my first call for Hamilton and I went Uh in to be seen as a universal Skylar sister, which was something that didn't exist up until that point. Like they were guinea pigging me for this Mm -hmm. particular track, which is very similar to a universal swing. Um, But the difference is that it's exclusively principal contract. So no ensemble coverage in that um, contract, which led to a whole other host of things. But I did that for two years with Hamilton. And um, then we went, and then I got uh, promoted to the Broadway, exclusively Broadway company, because I was always with Broadway as a home base. Mm -hmm. And then I would get shipped out and always return back to Broadway. But then when I took over the Broadway standby contract, that's when I got pregnant with my first baby. <laughs> I know I'm giving you a whole history, a whole background. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the pandemic happened. I had my second daughter and um, I went back to Hamilton um, full time after my second daughter was born. Um, and so a couple months after I returned, I had already told them years ago, like, Hey, <laughs> when my girl Mandy decides to make an exit, would you please keep yeah. me in consideration? And they did. And so when she let them know that she wasn't going to continue, they came to me and asked me if I wanted to take over. Um, So that was about six months before I actually took over. Um, And I took over in September. But it was similar in that when I returned to work and was ready to, like, do the thing, get back into it, it's been a mad years, you know, between the pandemic and birthing children that I had, (laughs) you know, like been pursuing my career, uh, being very career focused and went in for audition after audition after audition. And I just kept bombing. I just kept, Mm. I didn't know how to audition in person or even on the computer anymore. I was just, I didn't know where I was. I lost my footing. And then this offer came in and I realized, okay, those things weren't supposed to happen. You know, yeah. because this is what was purposed for this next season. So long story short, that's, that's, that's what happened. But you know, here's the thing. I know you're like, oh, long story, but there are so many artists like yourself who, who go through that and who end up and, and they're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And basically what you're, what you're telling them and you're telling our audience is to keep going Mm -hmm. and to recognize that what's for you is for you. And I love that uh, you and, uh, and the other young lady 
prayed mm-hmm. out there and was just like, whoever gets it, like, we're going to be happy for the other person because we know no matter what, because there's something out there for mm-hmm. whoever doesn't. Yes. And just being um, and trusting your gift. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think it's a story of trusting your gift and and trusting trusting that voice and mm-hmm. um, and what uh, and what's for you is for you. Absolutely. So I no, I, pre- I I totally appreciate that story. And I think that some of our listeners will hear and see themselves mm-hmm in that story and and that it's not, it's not a guarantee no matter who you are, you Mm. know? And so I, I, I appreciate you for, for sharing that. You said that you had, so you had a COVID baby basically, right? During quarantine. (laughs) And that too is perfect timing. Think about it. It's true. (laughs) It is so true. We had no, I didn't even, we weren't planning it at all. And then we got pregnant August 2019, we moved into our new house or apartment, not knowing. We thought we were moving into space. No, (laughs) no. We outgrew the space before we even got in here. And then we got pregnant again um, in 2021. And uh, so now I've got a 14-month-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. Which is awesome. How do you, how do you juggle that? Um, you know, being a mom and being a wife. Um, what, what's work life balance, or should I say integration? Because I don't know if there's any real such thing as balance. Mm, girl, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired all the time. I'm tired when I wake up. It's real. It's, it's <laughs> real. A very real experience. But I have an amazing husband. And a really awesome support system. Great friends. My my parents live in New York. We, we moved to Jersey, but they're just top skipping a jump away to which mom mm-hmm. is down in D.C. So we have a substantial support system. We've got some mm-hmm. wonderful nannies that we've been blessed to find. Um, my yeah. sisters aren't too far. I really needed someone. So, you know. That's really the bottom line is relying on people, asking for help. Oh, I hate asking for help, but here we are. We got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, for the good of the babes. Um, And, you know, just really, honestly, you just got to count it all joy. You got to count your blessings. You got to just constantly check yourself and keep things in perspective. Because there was a time when I prayed for this season, there's people who are currently praying for a season like this. And so no matter how difficult, because it's hard, girl. It's hard. I'm not even going to, I ain't going to hold you, boo. This, this is hard, okay? <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's what, it's it's an amazing season. You just got to constantly remind yourself to keep it all in perspective and remember that it's really just a short period of time. Like they're tiny for so short, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I look at my two and a half year old and I'm like, you're a different person than you were six months ago. Same thing yeah. with Olivia. Like she's counting to 10. Who? What? Stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just goes so fast. Um, and I think that's the biggest part of it is that you just have to remind yourself how blessed of a situation you have and that life is seasonal and things will change at some point and just embrace it. 
Yeah, life is seasonal. Mm. I love that. I'm stealing it just so you know. Go, go, go. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you credit for yes. it. <laughs> I'll give you credit for it. Yeah. But I, I, I like that. Life is seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so often we, we do forget that, that um, there is a season, there's a season of sowing, there's a season of reaping. We forget that sometimes. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead to the future. Mm-hmm. I know you're probably like, what? Look, I just got here with Angelica. <laughs> Me and you just left. <laughs> I just got here. And now you're talking about looking at the future. Right. And I told you I'm in shock with my two-year-old counting to him. Yes. <laughs> but looking in the future, what do you, what do you, what do you see for yourself? What are you, what are you seeing for yourself? I, what are you wanting to do? You know, I started of? a company over the pandemic that I, I really want to try to get back to growing called the artist stream. And it's, it's, I don't want to give it away yet, you know, um, Okay. just because it's still in its infancy. Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to get that going and up and running so it can become its own form of passive income. I've got some okay. music I want to work on, a lot of recording music and working with friends and putting out different types of music, you know, some theater, some jazz, maybe even some gospel and just trying to find my own authentic sound in that and just figuring out what this new trajectory is. Cause I feel like as of the pandemic, everybody's having to shift what or reframe in their mind, what their trajectory looks like. Like it mm-hmm. can't be the same as it was before for most of right, us. Right. And I think we're all kind of moving in that direction. Okay. Like, okay, how, what are we, what's, you know, if you'd have asked me two years ago, I would have said, you know, originated Broadway show and, you know, do this and do that. And all these wonderful career-based um, trajectories. And while the things do still remain, hold a lot of weight, I think the value system has changed. Mm. Um, mm. And I think kind of like what you had mentioned before about creating legacy and something Mm -hmm. to pass down to your children and longevity in a way. I think, you know, I started doing voiceover over the pandemic. So that's something I want to continue with. And, you know, just realizing that I can work on multiple streams of things and let those things have their own life so that it kind of takes the pressure off of Broadway dreams and the need to uh, chop things off the list or accomplish certain things in a certain time frame. Yes. Yeah. Next Broadway show. Absolutely. Yes. You know, um, originating our ball. Yes. Film and TV. Yes. Commercials. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All those wonderful trajectory goals. But I think I need to, to build a broader foundation for the longevity of all if that makes sense yes it, it absolutely does what's up sandwich heads today on steve sandwich reviews we've got the tips and tricks to the best sandwich order and it all starts with this little guy right here pepsi zero sugar Partial to pastrami, craving a Cubano. Yeah, sounds delicious, but boom! Add the crisp, refreshing taste of Pepsi Zero Sugar and cue the fireworks. Lunch, dinner, or late night, it'll be a sandwich worth celebrating. Trust me, your boy's eaten a lot of sandwiches in his day, and the one thing I can say with absolute fact, every bite is better with Pepsi. So, 
looking at uh, legacy, there's a there's a question we ask all of our guests. Mm -hmm. um, one final question we ask all of our guests, and it is, what advice do you have for the future black leaders of Broadway? <laughs> there's so many things. Ah, oh, that's hard. We'll take them all. We'll take them all. That is hard. I have a I have a thing now that I've caught up on. So I'll speak on that because it it harkens in my mind every day. And because this is a black black specific audience. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um not that others listen and others can't you know, absorb and obtain Absolutely. things from this. One mm -hmm. thing that has really rested on me a lot is being aware how we speak about each other in general. Yes. You know, speak about our coworkers, our Black coworkers as Black people, even in safe spaces, absolutely. Like, sometimes we just need to vent. We need to get it out. She's driving me crazy. He's, you know, doing mm -hmm. this on stage, whatever. We have permission to do that. But I think we need to give ourselves boundaries. Especially for me, my, my boundary is Black women and Black mothers. As much as some people may drive me up the wall, there's a certain limit. I limit what I allow to come out of my mouth about, mm -hmm. you know, our counterparts, mm -hmm. and especially in mixed company. Yes. That's a big thing for me. Like we in mixed company. <laughs> I don't know your intentions. I don't know your perspective. I don't know your views, but I sure as hell, no matter how much this person may drive me up a wall, I'm not going to come together with you and e exchange, you know, Yes. upsets and exasperation. So I think, especially for so many of uh, of people that I love in the industry and that I've come to know have grown up in predominantly Caucasian or white spaces. And so there may, they may feel a certain automatic kinship that when they interact with other Black people may, may make them feel a little alienated from the Black community. We got to stop doing that, first of all. Um, yes. But as I think the recognition that we can't say everything to everybody, I think that's a big one. That's a big one for me right now. We got to be mindful and supportive and remember that there, there is trauma and there is um, a precedent set or an expectation that is set on Black women and black mothers yes. and black working mothers yes. and we allow ourselves to speak too freely in the wrong set of mixed company we are reinforcing and setting ourselves back in a certain way in terms of how people come to view us as human equal all that jazz so that's oh what my I think gosh <laughs> i'm gonna have to wait till we get off <laughs> we get off this recording <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I complete. I'll just say I agree uh, wholeheartedly with everything that you said. Mm -hmm. um, especially in this industry, there there are far too uh, few of us to begin with, and um, 
we have to continue to edify mm -hmm. uh, one another uh, uh, mm. in actions, in words. Um, yeah. yeah. Big, big, big. Thought. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for, for coming on here and, and chatting with us. Thank we you for having This has been so, so much fun. <laughs> we are grateful. <laughs> I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me, and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.